Hey everybody, this is Eddie Dacius. We're here with another show with Divine Perfect Podcast. Um, like you know, this episode is brought to you by Dacius Facility Management. Dacius Facility Management, they will manage your property with a variety of services. We have a wonderful guest. Um, her name is Caddy Melty. And Katie, um, Katie, how are you today? I am good. How are you, Eddie? Thank you so much for having me here. I'm good. I'm good, and thank you for being with, here with us on that uh, on our episode with Divine Purpose Podcast. So let's start with our sh- um, intro now. Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast, where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader, or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management. Hey, we're back with Divine Pepper Podcast. Once again, we excited to have our guest. Hey, so I don't know if you familiar with the, our episode. One way, one thing we like to ask our guests is to, you have the floor now to tell us about you. Oh, okay. man. <laughs> Eddie, that is a loaded question. <laughs> well, um, first off, my name is Kathy Belletti. Um, I actually own a company called Motivate with KAT, which actually stands for Knowledge, Ambition, and Tenacity. It's actually um, an admissions training and consulting firm. I have been in higher education, specifically the career education um, sector, for over 16 years. Wow, okay. wow, and, wow. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time. And you know, what really made me passionate about higher education is because I was the proprietary student. Mm. So I started off in a traditional college after a couple semesters. I'm like, I'm out of here. <laughs> but then I ended up going to a career school, which was on the right Institute of Technology at the first time. And wow. it's from there where everything actually started. Ooh, and right now I'm training advisors to really communicate effectively with students so they can provide the same opportunity. Wow. Thank you for sharing all this. It's a lot of accolades and we, we like to hear that. So let's let's try to break it down. <laughs> let's start to break it down a little bit. Um so one question we like to ask is what was your dream job when you were in um high school? And Honestly, <laughs> you know, little high school and in college, because we feel like there's a trend where people, when they started, um, they, some we had some guests, their motivation to be a lawyer was at the beginning, mm-hmm. and some people change to find the reason we asked that question is to see your path or was it shaped along your career. Oh man, Eddie. Okay, well, first off, let's start with high school. When I was in high school, I actually wanted to be a hairdresser. (laughs) I wanted to open up my own beauty salon. That was actually my dream because I've actually been doing hair since I was 14 years old. Wow. Okay, and uh, that happened on purpose because it was back in the day when, you know, the moms didn't know really how to do those perms and they have to mix (laughs) one and two together. That didn't happen. (laughs) 
Okay. So from that time, I said, you know what, I still have to go to school looking like this. So I wanted, I started doing my hair at a very young age. And that's what I always dreamed of doing, opening my own hair salon. Um, it actually changed over the years when I ended up in college. What okay. really set me on this journey? From the beginning, <laughs> I was going in for an interview at DeVry um, at the time. Yeah. And they had an entrance exam. You had okay. to score a certain amount on the English and math test. Okay. Passed the math test with flying colors, and I failed the English by one single point. Mm. So my advisor at the time, his name was Felix. He got on the phone with the um, what exam was it? It was it was one of the, the SAT exam. Okay. In order for me actually get the points that I needed, I needed to get into the SAT exam, only take the English portion. Okay. And that would actually compensate for the points that I needed for English. Yeah. He got on the phone, acted as if he was my dad. Mm. And he's like, I have my daughter. She's trying to get into school. What can we do? School starts on Monday. It was a Thursday. They wow. said, look, we have a standby test on Saturday. If your daughter can be here at eight o'clock, there's always someone who won't show. Okay. And then passed the test, started school on Monday. Monday. Wow. At that point, I said, you know what? This is what I want to be able to do. I was able to graduate with my bachelor's in three years because of Felix. I'm glad you, you switched to that. So my next question is, can you share the most challenging in your life? Ooh, there were so many areas. <laughs> um, specifically when it comes to higher education, I think it's um, when it's dealing with our students. You know, um, the career student is a little different. Uh, for the most part, when you talk about the traditional student, they come out of high school, they already know what they want to do. They know what university they want to apply for. And yeah. It's just a matter of applying and getting in, right? Yep. When it comes to the career student, these are people who are looking for an upgrade, a change. They have no idea in most instances how to go from A to B. You know, so that's where my role will come in. And then they also deal with so many false beliefs that's mm. prohibiting them from, you know, moving forward. I don't know if I could afford this. I haven't been in school <laughs> for so long. Oh my gosh, I have so many kids. When am I going to find the time? So it's really being able to inspire and keep them uplifted and motivated in order to really follow through and take the next step. I think that's the most challenging when you dealing. Oh, so what about the, the best compliment you ever gotten? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> ah, that is a hard one. Oh, my gosh. You know what? I would say that when it comes to the best compliment I've ever received, it was more everywhere that I went, I saw my students. Okay. And then mm -hmm. being able to, to tell me, hey, Kathy, guess what? Because of you, I'm now working at my dream job. Wow, wow, that's powerful. Whoa, whoa, that's great. That's great. So what one thing you you wish you knew before you started your career? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew that there were going to be tons of challenging challenges mm. and there's going to be dozens of times that I just want to throw in the towel. Let me tell you, Eddie, the only reason that I'm really still in this industry besides my passion is because God yeah. is telling me, uh, Kat, you're not going anywhere. As many times as you try to go a different direction, it's like, no, this is what you were created to do, inspire yeah. people, and you're wow. going to stay right there. <laughs> stay put, right? Stay put. Exactly. So can you can you go deeper on, on that? 
on your explanation where you said um it was like finding ways to always stay mo- motivated and then like we like to call it embrace your calling because yeah. whatever you were you were meant to be you can you can try multiple things <laughs> absolutely so when i first came into higher education i started off as an advisor you know okay. so um i was a counselor who was enrolling students into school then i became a director where i actually had my own team Mm. After that, I felt like I wasn't reaching enough people. So then I became a regional. I had the opportunity to travel to multiple campuses, yep. multiple campuses, and I was training the advisors and the directors. Okay. At that point in time, I still felt like, you know what, I need to reach more people because I was so limited. You know, I can't train everyone. But then it really gets stressful, not only dealing with the advisors who are trying to inspire you know, students to make a change. But sometimes when you have to deal with continuously motivating people every single day, it kind of gets draining. Draining, yeah. yeah. You know, because it's like, you know, I need some of that motivation too. And it came to the point where I got into marketing when I was working with a colleague and I said, you know what? I really love marketing because it has to do with, you know, dealing with people. And that's when I tried to leave higher education, but something kept pulling me back. Because I was on both sides and I know there's so many advisors out there who really need someone who's pushing them and motivating them. And I think it's because of the person. I I have a service first type of mentality. It's all about serving. And that's what really stirs up, you know, that energy and that passion inside of me that makes me wake up every morning and keep going. So let's go, like, let's travel back to the past with you. Let's go. Let's see. So how was it growing up in your in your house how was it like what was the dynamic oh it was a very strict household i'm from the west indies so i was originally born in barbados right so my entire family came from barbados and i watched my parents you know we came from the background where they had to drop out of high school in order to work in the home and help support the rest of the family yeah you know so when we came to this country i watched my father you know out of uh, five siblings be the one to say you know what i gotta make a change Hmm. you know and my father is so motivated he has the type of personality where it's like you know what regardless of how hard this task is going to be i'm gonna make it happen you know and my aunts and uncles are doing amazing but at the same time my father was the one who always drove me and motivated me and said you know what you need to learn to do for yourself and not lean on anybody else that's the type of household that i brought i was brought up in plus when we came to this country i don't know if you're aware of new york but i grew up in bedside bedside is one of those areas where i wasn't even allowed to go outside and learn how to ride a bike (laughs) because it's so dangerous you know Wow. But it was really, that's how I was able to say, I need to follow in my father's footsteps. And then I have a mom who thinks that anything is possible. I would tell my mom tomorrow, I'm running for presidency. And she'll go, okay, <laughs> I know you could do it. <laughs> you know? Wow. So having those type of dynamics really helps. No, that and and that's a very fascinating um, story. So let, let's go a little bit deeper where you said, you, you came um in the um in the u.s and especially in new york oh did you uh did you experience any culture shock or or was it oh man it was it was definitely culture shock um it wasn't the most exciting and safe um environment that we were in 
Okay. Thank God for my parents, you know, getting me into church at a very young age. I, I remember one time my father and I were at the window and there used to be a big park across the street and we saw like um, this white limousine come out and this pimp type type guy, you know, with the, the hat and the feather came out and just shot him close range right against the chest. And I was seven years old at the time looking out the window watching this. Jeez. Uh, you know, and uh, I went to school right across the street in that park too. And I saw, unfortunately, growing up, a lot of my classmates, they're no longer here. Wow. And it wasn't even at this age, it was before we even got into high school. A lot of them, unfortunately, took a toll for the worst, you know. So I was very grateful that after a while, uh, my parents were able to get us out of that, that neighborhood. So it wasn't the best experience, but I learned a lot from it. Did you so you will agree say those experiences um help you shape who you are or try to motivate you to look for higher education, better life or better opportunities? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I didn't have the opportunity to go to school when I was um back in the West Indies. Okay. But I can say that when I started off, um I started off in private school, I did very well. And honestly, this is where I realized that the system is very broken because I was in private school in kindergarten. I came out of kindergarten learning how to write essays. I go into first grade in the public school sector and they're like, All right, so the word of the day or the letter of the day is the letter A. So we're all gonna write the pages of A. And I'm like, write the write pages of the letter A. I already know how to write paragraphs, <laughs> you know? But I did very well through elementary school, through junior high school, through college, straight through. And I think it's because I was dedicated to not ending up the same way a lot of my um, classmates actually ended up. And really and truly, a lot of it had to do with um, me being able to get into church at a younger age. Okay. I started off in the Salvation Army Church. Okay. And it was there I started to learn how to play instruments. Mm. So I, I play six musical instruments right now. What? Yes. Wow. Yes. I didn't know that. I didn't know. Def I didn't know that. Wow. So what's your favorite then? Ah, uh, my favorite thing. Uh, let me see. Honestly, right now, my favorite thing is spending time with my baby boy. I'm a first time mom. Oh, wow. He just turned two. Ooh. So being able to spend time with him and my husband, it, it's a totally different um, dynamic. Con congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But I love spending time with family. That's what I love to do. Um, so now, and I'm glad you you said you your mom, and and I can that question would probably make more sense for you. I know you have you have your passion to mm -hmm. do what you called to do and what you love to do, but you also have the responsibility of your family. Yes. Or do you manage both? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Eddie, let me tell you, I would say that's probably one of the most challenging things um, on a daily basis because yes. we live upstate and the rest of my family, they're about two and a half hours away from us. So it's just the three of us up here. Um, my husband, he works about five minutes down the block, but that means that I have my son all day and he's yeah. at that age where you can't just say, Josiah, I need you to do this. Yeah. Look yep. at you like, I'm sorry, I even understand what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so being able to really make sure that he is set, managing him, making sure that he's fed throughout the day, but then mm. I'm on all these Zoom calls, I'm training. It's a lot. 
you know, and I think that's uh, some of the times where I'm like, okay, am I way over my head? But then I'm like, you know what? If God brought me to this, he's going to bring me through it. If I know anybody who can make it happen, it's you guys. You guys yeah. work it, and then and <laughs> the same for me, for my wife. She she does a good job too. So, let's go with lesson learned. So, um, in terms of books, what are the books you would recommend our audience? Hmm, I would say, well, first would be the Bible, yep. <laughs> because uh, that's, that's definitely life lessons, but um, I would say uh, Grant Cardone 10X. Uh, honestly, that was one of the books that was life-changing for me, because sometimes we have an expectation or we have a goal in mind, right? And we're just going for that goal. And I found, and this is what I train on also, I found that a lot of times if you have a goal and you're just going for that particular goal, a lot of times you fall short, right? But that book actually trains your mind to 10X what you're expecting. So it's like, if I have an expectation that I want to have $20,000, you know, just as an example, in the bank in the next six months, 10X thinking is, oh, you know what? Instead of 20,000, I'm going to go for Mm. $40,000, right? Because now you start to think, what do I need to put into place in order to get that type of revenue, right? But when you start to think above what you think you are limited to, then Mm. all of a sudden it's so much easier for you to meet your original expectation. You know, so I would say that book was definitely life-changing for me. I probably read it uh, three or four times. So let's let's go. I like to go back because I know um, I feel like we learn a lot too from from the past. You know, the past did take our present and give us a glimpse of our future. So um, you graduate high school mm-hmm. and you ready to go to college. Yep. What was the decision process? for you and how was your experience in college oh my gosh it was hell <laughs> when i came out of high school i ended up going to um a community college first okay you know, because i was kind of undecisive as far as what i wanted to do so i started off going to queensboro and honestly it was one of the worst experiences i've ever had in my life i don't feel as if i gained the support that i needed from the instructors okay. uh, you were kind of out there in the land by yourself i remember i was in a class one time and this instructor was teaching and as she was teaching her underslip was coming down from underneath her dress and all she did was step out of it and then just continue the lesson and we're like so wow. she's gonna act like none of us that here saw this <laughs> right wow wow <laughs> but i felt like i was going backwards you know so i started to say to myself maybe i need to try something different and that's when i went to the bride because i needed to be in an environment where i was just given the skills that i needed to get out Mm. into the field and do what i wanted to do so my experience at the bride was amazing the instructors were amazing you got so much support everything was was very clear as far as the expectations and that's how i was able to complete in three years and i would recommend career education to anyone because traditional school is not for everybody yep yep makes sense makes sense um so let's talk about mentor mentorship and i feel like uh, anybody who want to get where you need to be you need to have those people to support um who, who was like your cornerstone or mentor people you rely on for advice or kind of guide you to um embrace your your calling 
That's interesting because it's funny. Some people have the same mentor throughout their entire life. Yes. But for me, I feel as if my mentor changes as I grow older, as my career starts to grow. But I would say consistently, my mentors have been my parents. Mm. Really and truly because they they were the ones that was always pushing me. A lot of those times when I felt as if, you know, my confidence was shot and I'm like, maybe I'm not set out for this. Yep. You know, they were always the ones that was behind me and they're like, what are you talking about? Have you met you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I would say right now, one of my biggest mentors and supporters is my husband. Uh, yes. My husband's the type of person who feels as if there's anything possible because he, he met me at the very beginning of my career when I was just an advisor and he's watched me grown into so many positions and onto a business owner. Oh, so when I get to those points where I start to feel like, what am I thinking? He's like, I'm not even going to entertain you right now. <laughs> wow. I, I like yeah. to hear that. I like to hear that because I feel like um, it's everybody. So it's a good um, couple um, opportunity where both can um, help each other. Exactly. Whoa. So uh, we we like to stay in the professional aspect of our conversation, but like you mentioned, your husband. Can you go deeper on how he became your husband? Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a funny story, right? And okay. and this is this is um, one of those situations where it's like God does not reveal the right person to you until He knows that you're ready. Okay. Um, you have to say yeah. it again, please. Loud. God does not reveal the right person to you until he knows that you are ready. So uh, my husband, um, I was living, uh, I was renting from my parents and my cousin actually lived on the third floor and she was dating a guy at the time. I was walking home one night and my husband was sitting outside. I never saw him. Eddie, I never saw him standing there. I only saw my, um, my cousin's boyfriend. Yeah, and he had asked about me, and she's like, uh, he's like, ah, oh, well, that's my cousin's, you know, little cousin, my girl's little cousin. Uh, she's out of your league. <laughs> that's what he said to him. <laughs> what was funny is I never really got introduced to my husband until two years later. Uh, but here's the crazy thing, Eddie. He was always there. He was always there. I was living in a basement um, apartment, and his friend was living on the top floor. Yeah. So there were times where he would be helping him bring in like TVs and furniture and helping him build his crib. And looking out the window, I would see different pieces of my husband. I would see his legs. Yep. I would see his hands. I yep. never knew who this person was until two years later, we were at a Super Bowl party. Uh oh. That only consisted of the four of us. Wow. And that's when I actually was introduced to him. But he saw me two years prior and had actually inquired about me and never stopped asking but my mind and my my heart was somewhere else at the time so uh, until that story ended in my life that yeah. is the exact time that i was introduced to my husband i'm glad i asked that question and i think our <laughs> listeners will definitely enjoy this piece of it because now it's like it's a different dynamic and different um perspective yes. from both sides and they don't understand that each each of us has to make sacrifices and get ready mm -hmm. right so best uh let's talk about childhood memory any good any childhood memory you, you can share with us today oh man i have a lot of childhood memories 
a lot of childhood memories. I would honestly say some of my best childhood memories is when I was growing up back home. Okay. You know, it's a totally different dynamic being um, on the islands, you know, and being here. Oh, but wow. I, I remember the times it's, it may seem corny, <laughs> but I remember the times just driving um, all over the island in Barbados with my uncle, my favorite uncle, who, by the way, still has my potty in his bathroom. But, you know, back home, they always used to sell like um, barbecue chicken on the grill on the side. So as you're driving down the road, you could just stop and pick up some roasted corn and barbecue chicken. And I remember when I was leaving Barbados to come here and my uncle still makes fun of me up until this day. I'm looking at the plane and I'm like, go, go, you can come with us. You can come with us. And he's like, I can't go with you guys. And up until this day, every time that I talk to him, yeah. he still bring up that same memory mm-hmm. of when mm-hmm. I was leaving Barbados and I had to leave him behind. I had a guest, um, Chloe McCarty. He's from Barbados too. He's ah. from but um, he was telling me, did you ever had a chance to go back? Yeah, actually, since I came to the States, I used to go back home every single year. Unfortunately, the last time I've been home was back in 2012. It's way okay. too long. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, one thing we, 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 ex- like, we like to hear, and maybe you can help us see it. I was, did you ever have a chance you wanted to give up? And who was the one who would will never let you give up oh man you, you already check out <laughs> <laughs> you always have that faith you you'll get through honestly there's many times that i want to give up even now I, there there's times where sometimes i feel so overwhelmed okay and then i suffer from imposter syndrome sometimes <laughs> oh. so i get to those points at times where i'm like well who am i to be given this type of information. Who am I to be in this place? And I have to get back to the point with prayer, when yeah. it's like, no, I appointed you here. You were appointed to be here. And really and truly, I think a lot of it comes from my friends and family expressing different things to me where okay. I never even knew that they felt that way. You know, mm. like when it comes to my husband or my sister, for her to say to me, you know, I'm where I am because of you because I follow in your footsteps. You know, I've watched you growing up because we have a six year difference. So she's um, six years under me. You inspired her, right? Yeah. And the thing is, sometimes I never knew that these people felt this way until like I was talking to a friend last week and she's like, you know, I used to be around you some of the times where you're talking about lack of confidence. And I used to say to um, myself, does she know how amazing she is? And it's like, when you really think about that, it's like, wow, if all these people see it, what's stopping me <laughs> yeah. you know, from seeing it myself? And I know it's just the enemy. I know it's the enemy that's yep. just playing on my, on my weaknesses. Yes. I, you right. know, so my family and friends, they would not dare allow me <laughs> to quit because they're on the outside, you know? So um, one thing I'm trying to en- uh, encourage people I talk to or friend or family and maybe guess is to find uh, that's a, that would be a question to find a passion where mm. okay for me um i play soccer right i play ah. soccer now i coach soccer i coach basketball but now 
I've I've been waiting. So I've been looking for like somewhere to play soccer and like pick up soccer. Mm-hmm. And I think I five years I couldn't find anywhere. And one time I went to a park with my wife and kids, and then I was I saw those guys playing. And then one of them told me, "Yeah, we play every day. We play every day. Come." And that was it. So since then, wow. I've been I've been playing soccer even when I'm down, mm-hmm. very stressful. This relates me to kind of relieve my stress. And so now my question is: Do you have any type of activities like that that allow you to reload and get ready for your next? challenge because your stress is gonna still come in yeah actually it's funny i have um two of my besties right we always say like when we get to the point where we're overly stressed out we're like okay time for a sissy day you need a yep. sissy day and it's really that time where we could get together and really just vent out all frustrations professionally yep. personally and that's our time and we all used to work together years um years ago and we met at work and from that point we have been like attached to each other so it gets to those points where you may feel that you're starting to get really overwhelmed yeah if uh, if a phone call does not cut it, it it's time to meet up <laughs> it is really time to meet up and that's what really brings me back to all right time to refresh time to get your mindset and you know you have different people in your lives who you know you get this inkling like i need to reach out to this person today I have a girlfriend, um, Ayesha, she's deeply rooted, you know, in the spirit and, uh, just quick story, how we met. So, so she's actually a pastor and we worked together at a school. I was coming out of a meeting that I was really frustrated in, and I got to my desk. We were working at the same school, but she was in a totally different state. Okay. I got to my desk and right before I was about to break down, the phone rang and it was her. We never spoke before mm. ever. And she said, you know what, uh, do you know who I am? And I was like, yeah, this is Aisha. You're from the New, the New Jersey location, right? She's like, yeah, I'm sitting here eating my lunch. And a spirit told me, pick up the phone and call Kathy Belletti in Long Island right now. <laughs> That's how we actually met. And since uh, then, <laughs> we have been so uh, close uh, since then. But that's how the spirit works. No, definitely. <laughs> no, definitely. So, mm-hmm. so now... And this is a question I never asked before uh-huh. to uh, my guest is, do you have a retirement plan? Hmm. My husband does. So <laughs> technically I do, <laughs> but um, personally, no, I do not have one, but uh, for the family, yeah, we have one. Okay. So, and I'm going to try to explain, maybe I, I, I phrase it, um, the one way so when i say we plan with time and plan not financially not financially but okay what's your plan after we time okay so yes so right now i'm really trying to build something a a legacy you know so that i can leave my son and honestly i don't think that I would ever retire, <laughs> really and truly. That's I'll probably get to the point, my goal is to really get to the point where finances is secondary, right? Yeah. I'll be in a position where I'm able to lend and give and not borrow or anything like that, right? Okay. But really and truly, because I'm so passionate about what I do, I think uh, I will continuously keep working 
probably not as much as I am right now, but I really can't see myself in a place where I just retire and then just go to an island and then I'm just chilling forever. You know, yeah. I would probably vacation a, a, a lot more, but That's I really nice. think that um, deep down, I would still set aside some time to help the people that I serve. Wow. But I want to be able to buy my parents a home. Yes. Um, we're now looking for our second home. I want my son to be in a position where if something happens to myself or my husband, he does not even have to blink his eyes and ask for anything. So everything will be set up for him. Um, well said well said so let, let's let's go with um like we're gonna take a quick break so commercial break um but before we we appreciate you you being here with us today and so this is divine perfect podcast we had um katie Bellity with us today she's our guest she's wonderful let's stay tuned for more with katie what comes before making a smart decision choices a smart choice is the best option, which is who we are. That's why our clients expect more from us and, in return, get more in everything we do. We understand the problem. That's why we thrive for excellence. We don't just create a winning culture. We aspire to be a smart choice, a voice for solutions. We believe in integrity, professionalism, and teamwork. Our passion is to bring results from our clients by working harder, smarter, and faster. As a team, we always deliver because we recognize your needs. Choosing smart influences us to be the best version of ourselves. That makes us different than other companies. It makes us confident in achieving our goals. It makes us who we are. And it makes us DFM, the smart choice. Yes, DFM is the smart choice. You can call them 617-237-0106 or go online at www.dasisfm.com for your property services, locksmithing, janitorial services. We have um, Katie Bility with us. Um, she's back um, with us. We so I know she had um, she can she want to promote uh, a training. So this is the the time now to talk about um your training and your your education um training you want to promote all right awesome so i'm um, just let you guys know um the way that i train is to the individual person right because i've been an advisor for a while i was a director so i've been in operations i've been in a leadership role so i understand our students i understand how um hard it can be and how challenging it can be to deal with our prospects but it is one of the most rewarding careers um one of the things that we have to keep in mind when we're dealing with our um for-profit one of the things that we have to keep in mind when we're dealing with our students is that a lot of times they're afraid you know they're afraid of failure so effective communication is going to be key being able to follow up and making sure that you get students right through the uh, the enrollment process so that they're able to start these careers of their dreams that's what's important so i trained from the very beginning one i want to find out what you're passionate about as an advisor why did you choose this role because admissions is not a nine to five it's something that you have to have a passion for so once i find that out from you now i'm training on who our student is then we're taking you through the enrollment process how to actually follow up 
different ways that you can actually communicate. And one thing that I love about my platform, it's one year unlimited access for the entire year. So a lot of times when you're talking to students, you're like, oh my gosh, what do I say? You can easily refer back to the training video or the printable document and it will take you through the process and get you back on point. So if you are looking to like increase appointment conversions, if you're looking to really increase those class starts and enroll quality students, who's actually going to stick and graduate, I think that this is the best platform for you, especially if you're looking for raw material and some amazing bubbly personality. Um, you could just go to lessons.motivatewithkat.com and you'll be able to sign your team up for the training. Wow, thank you. Um, well said, and we appreciate you sharing this with our audience. So <clears throat> let's go with uh, now with our question in terms of um, where where do you see yourself in 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 the five years? Ooh, that's a good one. I want to get to the point where I am really changing the the dynamics when it comes to career education. I really want to get to that point. And then where I have a load of um, really passionate leaders that's working with me, who's inspiring all different types of schools to really get to the next level, you know, and where they want to be. Because education has changed substantially yeah. over the last couple of years. And, and honestly, it's always been about numbers and the enrollments, especially when it comes to career education, which is why they've been under scrutiny for so many years. Yep. But at some point it has to get to you looking at the student, you have to be student centered yeah. in order to really help people. And that's my passion. I like to change the perception of what you think is possible, you know? So in five years, I want to get to the point where I have the biggest training company to the point where we're probably going on the road and we're traveling all over the world, helping these schools get to the next level. And I want my podcast to go to the next level as well, because um, Ed Up Career Schools, the scoop, that's all about career education and how much career ed, um, career schools are able to really help our students take the next level in their careers. And I think a lot of people don't understand how much career schools have to bring to the table. Wow. You couldn't say it better. Um, let's go with this question now. Uh -huh. What do people misunderstand about you most? Uh, <laughs> that is a very interesting question. I've never been asked that before. Hmm. Um, <laughs> this is interesting. I think that, number one, I'm an introvert. Right. Okay. And I think sometimes it may come off to people as if, you know, I'm stuck up or I'm just not interested in talking yeah. to certain people. Uh, my brother, okay, and my cousin calls me bougie and I still understand why. But because I'm an introvert, I'm not always the person that's at the forefront introducing myself and getting the crowd going. I, I'm always in the background, you know, and I really like to look at my situation. I like to analyze and stay back and really get a feel for who people are and the audience. And sometimes I found that honestly, throughout my entire life, until people get to know me, a first impression, they have a tendency to say, oh, okay, so she doesn't want to talk to anybody because she thinks she's better than us. She thinks she's higher than us. And it's not that at all. It's just who I've always been. I am very shy. Mm. And when I say that, some people are like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you? 
And I'm like, look, a lot of times when I have to speak in public, I'm going through like a little personal hurricane inside. But it's like when I turn it on, I turn it on. But really and truly, my perfect day is to uh, sit back with a nice glass of wine or something and not be bothered and probably sit in my um, <laughs> sit on my patio outside and just enjoy the breeze and not talk to anyone. That, that's just how I've always been. And then I have siblings who are the total opposite. They're wow. very um, extroverted and they're outgoing and, and I'm not. So folks, if you see me not talking to you up front, it's not because I'm like, I don't want to talk to that person. I'm just very shy and just observing. Wow. So, <laughs> but um, can you share some lesson you you uh, you have learned toward your career to our audience? Yes. Um. You know, honestly, I think anything in your career starts with a passion, and here's where a lot of people go left. Um. Sometimes you have people who have been in careers for 10, 15 years because that's who they were 10, 15 years ago. The problem is sometimes people's careers are not meshing with who they are internally because they've grown, they've changed their perception of what success looks like. Yeah. It's totally different. So you have so many people that are stuck in careers that no longer suits who they are as a person today. And that's something that I've learned throughout the years because sometimes I may have had one direction that I wanted to go. Yeah. And when I really thought about it, I'm like, does that make my heart smile? No, it doesn't. Mm. And I think one of the reasons why I'm still in this position is because it, it's something that ignites inside of me when I see, when I train someone on something and then I see all of a sudden they start to reap the benefits, you know, they're successful. So it's like really follow your passion in your heart. You'll be able to know if you're misplaced and there's so many people that's misplaced, but you'll be able to feel it deep within. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned, especially in my career. I knew that when it came to being a director, it was like, mm -mm. God is like, I have a higher purpose for you. <laughs> and it got to the point where it got so uncomfortable because that's what he yeah. does. He put you in a position where you're so uncomfortable. It's like time yeah. to go. And that's exactly how everything starts to unfold. All right, so we have a segment in this um, in our show called um, "Time for Hot Topic," right? Uh -oh. from time for Hot Topic. <laughs> so where we're gonna dig deep into conversation, question people don't have a chance to ask you personally. So let's go. Time for Hot Topic. all right so and you can see that there's a trend of a lot of people um, like personal coach a lot of training out there and do you think people are doing it for for money or for or for the purpose of helping people honestly i think 80 percent of the people out there are just doing it for um, monetary gain you know, it, it, got to, it gets to the point where you start seeing the same type of advertisements all over the place. And they're all different types of coaches and consultants, but it's the same message. And it's like, is this really possible? You know, so I think that there's a small percentage of people who actually genuinely do this because they care about the client and their success. And yeah. I think 80% of them are just out there to make money. So how can we differentiate the good and the bad? 
research on the bad okay so tell us to the process i i would say research um anytime that i invest my coin into anything <laughs> it's something that resonates with the ad you know there's there's so many different ads that i scroll through and i'm like yeah generic generic the same thing you're selling a dream but then there's always this one ad that sticks out and i kind of feel it here and it's the presentation sometimes when people are talking you can tell when they're genuine right But then also, I, I'm a Google expert, all right? So <laughs> I always go and I look at what they have to back them up. I like to um, look at testimonials. Sometimes I'll reach out to individual people that I know and I'll say, hey, have you used these services before? Have you ever heard of this person? Because I know that my people are not going to steer me wrong, right? We all know that there's companies out there who actually write their own reviews. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so a, a lot of it has to do with being able to have that discernment, but then do your own research too. So we, we, I'm going to try to go on your website. Uh -huh. And this is going to lead me to my next question. Uh-huh. So what would you tell somebody right now who's listening to us and they really need a coach and they've been praying for a coach <laughs> and they get to listen to our podcast and they are hearing you now. What would, what would you tell them? Tell I them. would say that if you were looking for someone who is not only concerned about the process, but concerned about the process and particularly your staff, then I'm the one to come to because I found that a lot of admissions training is all about the basics, right? So you're going through the process and how to actually deal with students and what you need to do to be successful. I don't think a lot of people pay attention to the actual advisor. You know, if you have happy employees, they're going to take care of your customers. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of advisors, they kind of get left out there, you know, in the grasslands by themselves. And nobody's really thinking about what's going on with them personally. So this is why I train to the individual. So the, 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 the next question is, why do you, and I think you talk about it mm -hmm. when you said you went to um, private school kindergarten and then when you went to public school there was like a big difference why do you think this difference or this two type of education they are providing are not similar well uh, it's a matter of you get what you pay for right so when you talk about <laughs> when, you, when you talk about private school i mean it, it costs a pretty penny Yeah. to put your kids through private school. So I think that the curriculum is going to match the dollar. And then unfortunately in some areas, because I don't think all public schools are bad, but um, unfortunately in some areas, when you go to public school and it's free, you have a lot of instructors who are not dedicated. I've had instructors tell me, I'm only here for a paycheck, so I could care less if you guys show up to school or not. You know, and those type of things stick with you. And so I really think it's the matter of if you want to invest in something, then you're going to get quality. And if not, then you're going to get exactly what you paid for. So let's talk about your core values. Mm -hmm. Why Why are you you're talking about um, passion? Ah, because I feel like when it starts with a passion, it, it kind of it, it's a different type of connection. You know, when you talk about passion and integrity and transparency, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I came from their seat. 
you know so I'm not someone who learned how to do this because I took a training on the internet I sat in these advisors seat Mm. I sat there and I made 250 to 300 dials every day, hearing no after no, getting hangups. And I was able to keep myself motivated because I was thinking about that next call could be a person whose life I can change. So I feel like if advisors know that I've been there, it, it, it's, they'll probably be more receptive yeah. you know, to receiving what I have to offer because I know what I'm talking about because I've been there too. Wow. Wow. So, but I see you have faith in there. Oh, yes. Um, faith is very important. And this is the thing. Um, I ended up starting this company one of those times, uh, Eddie, when I wanted to back out. Yep. Right. So I was actually at that crossroad in my life where I said, you know what, if I'm going to take a risk on someone, it's going to be myself, you know? And it was one night and I remember this like it was yesterday. It was one night and I was, I was sleeping and I started to think, you know what, I really wanted to build a business based on motivating people, you okay. know, inspiring people. But at two o'clock in the morning, I heard the still voice and it said, the leaders and the advisors you need to minister to them. Those are the people who need the support. You have 16 years of knowledge in your mind that people need to hear. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's it. It's the leaders and it's the advisors that really need the support. Dealing with students is not easy. And at two o'clock in the morning, that's when I knew this is something that I need to do. But my faith is what carried me through. Because when you're taking the leap, of getting a paycheck every every two weeks right consistently wow. and now you're taking a leap when you got a kid you got mortgages mortgage you have bills and everything it's yeah. only faith that you can actually stand on wow. you know so above everything that's where it starts so do you have a way to measure um not success or but track you the result the positive result from your training Yes, um, I'll give you a perfect example. So um, I actually am a consultant and trainer for a multi-campus in Pennsylvania right now. And I remember when I first started working with them, all they wanted to do was get to 25 applications, 25 lives changed or enrollments every single week. Yeah. And they had about 13 people at the time, right? Um, when I came on with them, Unfortunately, a lot of those advisors didn't work out because they were here for the wrong reasons. Let's just say right now they're averaging 30 to 36 enrollments every week with half the amount of people that they have. Wow. You know, so when I look at metrics like that, I'm like, okay, so what I'm doing is actually working because sometimes it goes deeper than the metric or the number. Sometimes it's really the advisor that you have to train to and you have to figure out, okay, why are you going left? Are you coachable? A lot of people are not coachable and that's why some people don't succeed, mm. you know, but um, I look at numbers very often because I want to make sure that what I'm doing is not in vain. And I found that once you're all about serving people, it just falls into place. I, I don't think you, you, you got hot at all from the hot topics. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you striving. Whoa, that was great. That was great. <laughs> I appreciate it. Because I usually wait for, you know, but uh, you did a good job and I appreciate it. It's like, I, I wish I had more, but um, now, uh, for you now, what, what one question you, you wish I asked you today? 
Hmm. Maybe what does it really take to keep going every day? Mm. All right. What does it take? Prayer. Let me tell you, there's so many mornings that I wake up and I'm like, ah, maybe I just tell my clients that I can't deal today. And and there's there, there's times where I just hear that still voice or there's times where you feel like you have so much on your plate and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this day. This, yeah. Sometimes I just shut everything down. I, I turn on one of my favorite gospel songs and I just spend five minutes and I'm like, Lord, take whatever spirit this is off of me because I got a job to do. I got people to serve. Wow. You know, and I think sometimes a lot of people don't have prayer lives, right? But there, there's always something that people do to put them back into place, whether it's taking a long stroll, calling up that, that um, person, your person, you know, or listening to your favorite song or dancing, something. There's always something that people can do to get their spirit back into line. And I think people need to spend more time with themselves and really learning yourself and what makes you happy, what lights your soul on fire, what makes your heart smile. And life will be so much better. And it's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder because the enemy knows that the minute that you start to become successful or the minute that you start to overcome, you know, these barriers, oh, he starts coming real hard. So I, I would say prepare. When you know things are looking up and you know that you're starting to overcome, you know, those feelings that normally bring you down, prepare because he's going to come harder. <laughs> You've got to be able to pray harder in order to get through it. Of our our show, we had um, Katie Billy to do with us today. She she's <laughs> she's amazing. She did a great job talking about her career and give it advice and talking about her passion. So one one thing we like to hear is and see how, how passionate people are in their in their field and and like you said, people see see you and they say they're inspired. And I think. That's his testimony that anybody who's listening, who's watching this episode will will say. So last word for you, Katie. <laughs> I would just say, you know, sometimes you have to put yourself first. You know, um, it, it's kind of like an oxymoron because you're in a position to serve, yeah. but you're not going to be able to serve people efficiently if you don't take care of you first. So sometimes you may have to, you know, take that time with yourself, really think about what you love, what you're passionate about and what you can actually see yourself doing 10 plus years from now, because wow. that's also important, too. And once you're able to take care of you, oh, you'll be able to take care of your customers way better than if you don't spend that time. Wow. Well said. Well said. This is Eddie Dacius with um, Divine Puppet Podcast. We have Katie Ability with us today and any movies you will recommend our audience before you go Ooh, um well two okay so basically i am a horror movie fanatic so okay. um <laughs> i love horror movies um there's so many uh walking dead was always a classic yep. right but if we want to talk about a different type of movie um this is something that i've watched continuously over the last couple of weeks and it was actually the war room Wow. Yeah. And I watched that years ago and it kept coming on like on cable the last couple of weeks and I watched it four times and every single time I watch it I take something different from it. 
Wow. But it's, it's taught me a lot. And it's like, wait a minute. Some of these battles are not meant for you to fight. Mm. Yes. You, you, know, so you got to learn to fight a different way. So if, in fact, you guys never got a hold of the war room, I think that's one of the most amazing movies. And my favorite is What's Love Got to Do With It. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a good one. That's a good one. We appreciate you to be here with us today. We, we had a great time, great conversation. Um, you can follow us on www.dppodcast.com, on YouTube, on Facebook, and on um, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We everywhere. You can find us on Spotify, Divine Purpose Podcast with Eddie Dacius. Um, Katie, appreciate the time. Appreciate um, all your advice and talking about your career or your background. That was great. Thank you so much, Eddie, for having me. It was a lot of fun. It was definitely yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> definitely. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you.